Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hey. How's it going, guys? Today is August 31st. That's Hi, what we're recording. <laughs> Tomorrow will be September 1st, which is a bunch of things. But most notably, right now, we are recording episode 27, Pre-Packs Premonitions Provided by Podcasters. I groaned a little bit when I saw this. Aw, oh, you know you loved it, though. <laughs> I'll give it to you. But we're all talking about this because a few things. One, the day that you're listening to this is kind of the pre-day of PAX. Because I think, doesn't PAX technically open on Friday? It does. It's Friday to Monday. Yeah. But the World Championships starts on Thursday, or today if you're listening to this on Thursday. And PAX happens. And what's going to happen at PAX is we're going to get a lot of info about Kaladesh. Because the Kaladesh story just started this week uh, with us getting a, a sneak peek at the Gatewatch, since what, what they've been doing since uh, Eldritch Moon, and then we got a little bit of a uh, setup for what's happening on Kaladesh. Yeah. Um, all I have to say is, if you want Phyrexians, that's how you get Phyrexians <laughs> about the story, because damn it, Sahili. Basically. It. <laughs> Just go look it up on your own if, you're, if you are curious to what we're talking about there. I'm, uh, I'm, that's about as spoiler-free as I can get with this without yeah. delving too much in the story. Seriously, though, go read the story. Yes. Like, go read the Gatewatch thing, which... Uh, Homesick Vorthos, is the title. Yeah. Vorthos Mike apparently was saying that that is one of the guys who was one of the writers on Mass Effect. So I was like, so that's why I like it so much. <laughs> I mean, also does great characterization. And if and if anyone noticed, um, the, only, the POV characters were all the women of the Gatewatch. Yes. Yes. Um, but... We're going to turn our eyes, or wait, also forgot. Today, the date of recording, we got the big fall announcement, so we're going to talk about all about the fall announcements, then we're going to talk about all about the world championships. But before we do that, we're going to turn our eyes to the community, because the big thing that happened in the community this past weekend was GP Indianapolis, and was won by Brandon Burton, who's also known as uh, Sandy Dog MTG, I believe, on Moto, yeah. uh, with Naya Byrne. Now, also, if you don't know... Don't forget, don't forget there's also Pro Tour Guggenzau. I think that's how you say it. It's the Chinese one. Yes. And Lily? Yeah. However you say it. Front, one in France. There's one in China, one in France. I think it's like Lille or something like that. Uh, I don't know French. pronunciation. Anyway, so yeah, Brandon Burton, who, yeah, Sandy Dog MTG, one with Nia Byrne. You might recognize him from a couple months ago. He was, in G- is- he was at Pro Tour Born of the, or not, Pro Tour, uh, Pro Tour Battle for Zendikar, excuse me. Yeah, this is, this is before the podcast. We wouldn't yes. have talked about it. Um, but Brandon Burton is an amazing story. Um, you should go look him up. Uh, I'm, I'll probably put a link to the article in the show notes below. Um, but he has an amazing story. Um, this is his first GP win. Um, and he, that means he's going to be at, uh, I think that qualifies him for Pro Tour Kaladesh with the GP yeah. win here. Yeah. Or with the top eight here. So everyone we're going to be seeing him was, there. Yeah, everyone was saying he's going to Hawaii. So Yeah. Um, he has an amazing story. Um, his, if you want to get motivated. Yeah, you've been saying that a lot. So anyway, Brandon Burton has cerebral palsy, and his mom has to assist him while playing. Now, she doesn't provide any kind of outside information. Because that'd be cheating. Yes, it is. But he has you know, a special rules allowance um, that she holds the cards for him and will tap mana, you know, move creatures around in combat for him, and basically be his hands because he's in a wheelchair and can't doesn't have the ability to actually reach out and manipulate the battlefield like anyone else would so she's his hands and as a team they won a gp which i think is amazing oh yeah so that's great for brandon can't wait to see how he's going to do at kaladesh plus i have to say we got a, a really good call 
say what you will about announcing team. Gabby made a great call. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, spoilers, he won it basically. He ha- he got a goblin guide out and was able to light. Uh, is it helix or no skull cracked the opponent or something like that? Got him down enough and then went bolt, bolt, bolt. Uh, that's always a great feeling. Got the opponent to seven and had the triple bolt in hand, ready to go. Just wait, wait for wait for the opponent to tap out and just went bolt, bolt, bolt. Yep. Knocked down. It it's great. always a great feeling when you have like the place of the bolts in hand, just waiting for them to tap out. Just like, just do it, just do it, just do it, and then just twelve you. And then nine. Yeah. Oh, if you said playset, so yeah, twelve. But. I said playset, so playset would be twelve. Uh, Brandon had nine. Yeah, so. nine. No, but anyway, like I said, the one in France was won by Infect. Mm-hmm. Yay! And the one in China was won by Grixis Delver. Hey, it's not dead yet. <laughs> both, both of it. It's not dead. <laughs> the, despite reports of the contrary. No, uh, those two are actually my main uh, modern uh, archetypes that I play. So I was rather pl- pleased to see them doing well elsewhere around the world. Oh yeah, it's always great to see you know decks that you play doing really well. Yep. Anyways, we're gonna go ahead and, and turn our eyes off the community because we're now gonna look at all the announcements that have been released. There were so many. So many. This is the second style of the announcements. And they took a page out of your book, Ian, because I remember last time you said they should just do a video, and they did. And uh, Yeah, I completely forgot about that, but yeah. I I was like, you should do a video with this thing. And they did a one-shot. Yeah. Straight up, six minutes, no take. Well, I'm sure they had a take or two, but no cuts in the video at all. And they just jumped around. I am... It definitely got my, wet my appetite because they're were, they were filming the video inside the Paramount Theater, which is where all, and I mean all, of the magic events are going to be happening at PAX this weekend. So, like, you could see them starting to do the construction, all the boxes and stuff with all the little props and gizmos and stuff that are going to be adorning the facilities are there. And I will be obviously reporting about it next week on the podcast because oh, yeah. I'm going. Uh, but, yeah, I was really, really pleasantly surprised at not a bad job it was done. Um, I think it was Nick. Yeah, Nate. it was Nate Price. Nate Price, right. I think Nick. How am I thinking Nick? Anyway, so, yeah, Nate Price talked to a couple people, talked to Gavin Verhid, talked to Kimberly Crines, talked to Sam Stoddard, and we got to have a chat briefly with the new president. Yes, Chris Cox. CEO, uh, CEO. CEO I believe, CEO. is his official yeah. title. Yeah, but he, he popped up at the end and... He showed us a, a, a nice piece of artwork from Kaladesh that I'm sure we'll see probably this week, this weekend. I'd be surprised if we didn't. Of the new the new Chandra art, um, which I do not, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce the artist's name, so I'm not, so I'm just, I'm just not going to try. But the card is um, Chandra Torch of Defiance, and the art's amazing. Oh yeah, this is, I think it's Miguel Villanueva. She's yeah. the one who did the art for the newest Thalia yes. as well. So. Yes. I think this is their first uh, first planeswalker. I'm not sure if it's her first planeswalker or not. I might be. Either way, the new Chandra art is fire in more than one way. Um, but this is all about the new announcements as well because last spring, one of our earlier episodes was all about the announcements there when we learned about Kaladesh, we learned about Aether Revolt, we learned about the new commander products which are coming out in November. And this announcement is all about the products after Aether Revolt. So what are we going to be seeing after Aether Revolt? Well, the first thing that was in the video, which I encur- go encourage you to watch, was about the set coming out April 28th, 2017, which is going to be uh, my hometown Pro Tour when that happens in May. And that is this, the plane of Amon Ket, which is a new plane 
with heavy Egyptian themes based we've, just on the name and the key art that we got. We've, yeah, we've, yeah, the key art is heavily Egyptian inspired. Yeah. Um, also, the uh, here's a little blurb that they gave us uh, about Amonkhet. The desert oasis of Amonkhet forges warriors. You have trained your entire life for a chance to face the trials of the five gods and join the elite ranks of the worthy. Using your strength, speed, and cunning, overcome deadly challenges and rise above the competition to claim an honored place in the afterlife. So yeah, heavy Egyptian themes. Um, another thing that they did with Amonkhet is they told us that it was ruled by Nicol Bolas, who we haven't heard a lot about in the past few, actually many sets. I, I won't lie. Like, I read, so we mentioned the story that came out with the Gatewatch on Monday. <laughs> they definitely dropped hints massive hints in that story about where they're going to go with some of these things. Um, namely that I know when they're referencing Jace and Liliana, they dropped some comments about the, the uh, Tezzeret. Consortium, yeah, Tezzeret Consortium, Consortium, whatever it is. Yeah, and also cool thing about that too, side note, Vraska got mentioned, not by name, but... Yeah, she got she got a name drop. Oh yeah, um, she did. But yeah, but they, they brought her back up in the story, so... No, but yeah, Nicol Bolas is, uh, we, we find out where he's been chilling and hanging out and sitting and roosting and manipulating plots. I mean, that's I, all I'm, he really does. Also, well, yeah. if you look at the key art that they gave us, count the number of bolus horns you see. It's more than one. Oh, there's, it's, it's, yeah, he's definitely. He's been there a long time. Think mm, Alara long. Like, probably longer. I would not be surprised I'll, if this was a place he went to pre-mending. Or if this is where his like, what his what was the the play, his name of like his like hideaway or is that just a separate demi plane? I don't know. I'm just Wait, rambling up at this point. No, nah, I think I think this is just a place where you know he had to have a couple bunch of hideouts and stuff like that. This is something that you know it's one of those like you have some safe houses that you know nobody knows about, yeah. and you're like, all right, I'm just gonna chill out here and you know rule this plane and. See how it goes while my semi-minions to do my bidding. Exactly. Uh, now, a few things about Amonkhet. The lead design is by Mark Rosewater and Ethan Fleischer. Uh, something that Mark Rosewater has mentioned before on his blog is how, for all of the big sets, uh, he's leading the initial design and then about halfway through handing it off to the next to the other de- lead designer. Yeah, this is uh, also Ethan Fleischer's first large set. Yes, this is he his first large set lead. So that's been pretty cool. Uh, lead development is by Dave Humphreys, who is the development manager. Um, so he's the person who allocates and says which developers are working on which products. Uh, and the lead creative is by Kimberly Crines, who was the person that Nate talked to, Nate Price talked to in the video of introducing Amonkhet. Yeah. Um, now we're in two set blocks now, and they are. And they also announced that the second set of the Amonkhet block, coming out July fourteenth of twenty seventeen, is called Hour of Devastation. Whatever that means. We don't know anything else about that. That's literally all we know. We, we literally don't know. <laughs> the things we do know is that uh, the lead design was by Sean Main, and I am looking up who the lead developer was so that I don't just say a name and be wrong. Um, the lead development was by Ian Duke. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, the Hour of Devastation design team is Sean Main, Ken Nagel, Jackie Lee, Jules Robbins, Sam Stoddard, Mel Lee, and Mark Rosewater. Development is Ian Duke, Ben Hayes, Adam Prozac, Ken Nagel, Jackie Lee, Kimberly Crines, and Melissa DeTora. Oh, cool. And since, since, since I mentioned the full team, the full team for Amonkhet is Mark Rosewater and Ethan Fleischer as co-leads. 
uh, followed by Yoni Skolnick, Sean Main, Jackie Lee, Kimberly Crines, James Hada, Sam Stoddard, Ben Hayes. And the development is by Dave Humphreys' lead with uh, Brian Hawley, Ian Duke, Eric Lauer, Jackie Lee, Ari Levitch, Kimberly Crines, Tim Atten, and Mons Johnson. A lot of familiar names. A lot of familiar names if you've been paying attention to who's been designing and developing sets. And then it looks like the full uh, creative team has been listed as under the world design. Because yeah, um, you see, you see several of the art directors. Uh, you also see, like Sean Main is also listed as a credit for the world design, um, and the the regular big headers: Kimberly Crines, Doug Bayer, Sam Burley, Kelly Diggs, Jenna Helen, and so on. Yeah, so you can definitely see the influences of where. Actually, one thing we didn't quite mention is that there was actually the state of um, state design, design article. Yes, that came out, and one of the things he, uh, that Mark Rosler touched on in there is that. They one of the positives has been the integration of the story with the cards, and you can see that actually in the design team. Like Kimberly Crimes was mentioned, not as lead create, not only on lead creative, but also in the design team. Yeah, so, usually it's not uncommon for a creative member to be on a design or a development team just to make sure that the set is working in the same directions that they are. But yeah, but um, when you have the lead creative in yeah. the design team, that says a lot. And and lead development to. and in the development team too. Right. So they, so they want to get this. They're they're really trying to get this kind of right and intertwined properly, which I think is great. Yes. Um, one beef that I have, and this is kind of just in general regarding the announcement thing. So. People, it has been, obviously, there, there's, we have more announcements to talk about that are coming out. But as you heard, I think for our devastation, July 14th. Yep. It's currently August 31st. That's a uh, year. That's, just that's, under that's, a year That's a month now. and a half shy of a full year away from now. Yeah. It, it just... I mean, in the previous announcement, we found out about Aether Revolt in January. So... Right. And that was, again, another thing we talked about then, too. And one of the topics of discussion has been, can we switch this to quarterly? Or something like that, because like I, I get like the t- the the info dumps are great, but they're cannibalizing on hype right now for Kaladesh. Like, eh, taxes, I think I like I like it this ca- way, where basically they're doing it every large set, and I know they want it to line up with, and they did it for packs, so I think they wanted this to line up with the next big thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. I could see them pushing it back until the Pro Tour for the next yeah. big announcements, but. Yeah, I I feel like they're like just in the timing of this particular announcement. It's yeah. I feel like it's cannibalizing some of just the pre packs hype build up. I mean, it's look, like, once we start seeing Kaladesh cards, we're gonna forget all about it. I know we are, but still, it's <laughs> it's I just. I agree. I agree. It's I just had to bring up the elephant in the room, or yeah. my bad, the loxodon in the room that the community <laughs> is talking about. Yes, so, that's true. I, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I don't get me wrong, I'm hyped as hell about all this stuff, but I do. I am very reticent to, you know, be like, woo. Yeah. Another big thing about uh, Amonkhet being the next plane that we're going to, um, since the two-box structure has been in place, we have gone old, old, new, new. So now after Amonkhet, nobody should complain if we go, if we go to a old plane or a new plane. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were actually thinking with this, this new plane, they were like, are we going to go back, back to Ravnica again? And we're just like, no, please don't. It's a little too soon to go back to Ravnica. I could see going oh. to New Frexia. I could see going to a new plane with Frexia well, on it. Depending. Well, I mean, like I kind of mentioned with the Kaladesh story, go read it, by the way. Um, well, I, I definitely don't – I wouldn't be surprised if we see the return of the Phyrexians sometime within the next two years. I would I would definitely agree with that. It, they've been quiet for too long. Well, they've been plane bound for too long. But anyways. They've moving, been quiet for too long. <laughs> that too. And Phyrexians are never quiet. If they no. are quiet, that means that they're that the um, the oil is too much. Yes. Anyways, the next thing that were announced um, in June, 
because Nicol Bolas, you know, his whole thing is is Amon Cat and it, he's ruling it basically. We're getting a new arch enemy product in June of next year in between Amon Cat and Hour of Devastation. Simply arch enemy Nicol Bolas. Yeah, so I actually never played the original arch enemy. Neither have um, I. But what they're saying, what my awareness of the product is that you, it's like a four player game. So it's three versus one? Yes. Yeah, so three versus one. And the person who everyone's facing is the arch enemy. In this case, you're going to be Nicol Bolas, and you enact schemes. And the schemes affect the board state, affect the game state, affect the players themselves and stuff like that. And you're trying to beat that person while they try to beat you. It's kind of very similar to what they did with the Hydra. Yeah, Face the Hydra deck is, is a similar similar vein to Arch Enemy, except you know, with, with Face the Hydra, you can literally play the Hydra on your own. Um, but yeah. with Arch Enemy, it's actually another player that you're playing against. Correct. Um, another big thing is that um, the product has no new cards in it. There are no new cards in Arch Enemy Nicol Bolas, aside from the sh- aside from the schemes, I would imagine. But there's no new magic cards. It yeah. is for it is four decks, and the MSRP is sixty dollars. Seems like good value to me. Seems like good value, depending. on I've, what- I mean, I I haven't played like I, said, I haven't played myself, but people who have played Arch Enemy in the past said, you know, this was fun. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how they tune the decks to work with each other, and I mean, it could also be something where you know. Depending on which schemes you want, you could also roll in with other decks and stuff like that too. Which is, they're they're giving you a, a a whole another avenue to hey, I've got four friends, let's play, and we don't want to go play modern again. We don't want to play some standard or you know four is not enough for a draft pod. We could do some sealed, but eh, whatever, I'm done with sealed sets. You're rotating, blah blah blah. Hey, let's go pick up this arch enemy set. And yeah. I, it's just catering to yet another niche of the market, and I like it. Speaking of niches of the magic market, maybe a bigger niche than you might expect, uh, Commander Anthologies is coming out June 9th. It's going to be, um, a sele- I, think it's a, I think it was listed as a selection of decks from the previous four Commander products. Yeah, what's, uh, this was when they talked to Sam Stoddard yes. uh, during the video, and he mentioned that it was four decks that have been picked from throughout the Commander sets, like Commander twenty. Uh, 2013, no. 2013, 14, 15. Well, not yeah. to, no, it would be 2012, which was the first product, then right. 2014, because 2013 was the Arsenal. Right, I don't know. Anyway, Anyways. they're going to pick they're going to pick stuff from the uh three color ones, the mono color ones and the two color ones at the very least. Um well, yeah, it would probably be the wedge ones, the shard ones, the mono color ones, the enemy color ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if out. I don't know if they're going to touch the four color ones that are coming out. Probably not. I think they're too recent for them to put into an anthology set. Right. So that's where. So we'll probably get a mono color deck. We'll get. All right. I'll put it this way. They're probably going to put the Grixis deck in there for Mind Seas so they can get more true name nemesis out in the world. I'm just putting um, it out. Uh, for the Wedge deck, I would guess they're going to put the Kalio one in there just because Kali, I think, is the most expensive general out of those right now. Yeah. That, she's that's also the, very, the, she's very the, popular. That's the Mardu colors for those who don't know about Kalia. Yeah, she's... Um, uh, uh, okay. Uh, Kalia is a very unassuming card. I'm just going to go ahead and say right now. Uh, one red, white, black for a 2-2 flyer. She's a human cleric. She is, And that's not great, right? Well, when she attacks, you can put a angel, demon, or dragon from your hand into play tapped and attacking the defending player. I heard you like, uh, you know, cheating out Grizzledad. Well, he's banned in commander. How about a turn, th- right. how about a turn three Avacyn? The big like, Avacyn. Yeah, like old school Avacyn. Yeah, and the next turn you go Wrath of God or Armageddon to make everybody hate you. you Iona. Know? Yeah, it's 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 not it's not pretty. 
but <laughs> turn 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 five Iona, what up? <laughs> yeah, or Kalia does have a instant kill with Master of Cruelties. Go on. <laughs> so you attack with her. You put in Master of Cruelties. If he's not blocked, they go to one, and then Kalia hits them for two. <laughs> oh no! The combo also works in Alesha decks. That's gross. You attack with Alesha. You reanimate. You bring back Master of Cruelties because he's a one four. Uh, and then if he's not blocked, they take three. Okay, so what color do you think for the mono color what deck they're going to bring? Uh, I would think the mono green one. I think that's the one with the most power cards. It's got Titania, it's got Freilis. It's also got a bunch of elves. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah, I can always see them bringing the black one. The black, I mean, black the, black one one have... was, the black one was probably the one that I've seen played the least. Yeah, I, 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 like, I'll just put it out there. I played the mono white one. Yeah, I'll I think it's it. either the red one or the green one, personally. Yeah. I mean, Doretti's not bad. Plus, ties in nicely with Conspiracy. That it does. Just came out. Uh, oh, speaking of Conspiracy, side note, I drafted it this weekend. It was I did, fun. too. It's fun. I, 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 I went John. I was green-red and then opened a pack to pick one Doretti. And I was like, eh, I'll splash for this. That's nice. <laughs> uh, on Monday, I assembled a poor man's Splinter Twin combo with Collar of the Untamed and Deceiver Exarch. Nice. I never cast it in game. It was really sad. But Aww. I assembled it in my deck. It was there available to me if I ever got if I ever got the chance to do it. Oh, I got I got hated out hardcore by a Watsi uh Watsi staff member, uh Allie Medwin. Oh no. <laughs> she did literally all twenty damage to me in the game. Oh no. <laughs> she was like, Dix, you got this? Uh swing for two. Swing oh, for no. two. <laughs> swing for four. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then, then, like, kind of they politic, everyone kind of politic me. They're like, hey, you should attack this person, attack this person. I'm like, I'm just sitting there kind of do combat math. And I had, like, an overrun and a fight card in my hand. I'm like, all right, fight this. Like, death touch. I'm like, man, whatever. Yeah. All right, overrun, swing, kill, kill. I'm like, uh, you know what, whatever. Just kill me, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I was, at that point, I was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But, no, so, I, and the dual color decks, I didn't play with, I actually don't own any of the dual color decks. I own all of the shard and... Monocolor? Monocolor decks. I don't own any of the... The enemy color ones? Um, the enemy color ones might be too recent to put in the anthology set. I mean, if I had to pick one, I would probably pick um, Marin. Uh, but I would probably prefer to see two of the wedge decks and not one of the enemy color decks, personally. Yeah, I can see that. But, you know, we'll see. we'll see what happens when we get closer to the anthology's release. Hey guys, John again, just wanted to jump in real quick because we made a small error. It turns out that the decks for the Commander Anthology were actually announced, and real quick, here's what they are. Heavenly Inferno from the original Commander product, which is the Kalia deck as we predicted. Then we have Evasive Maneuvers, which is the Bant deck featuring Derevi Imperial Tactician from the second Commander set. From the third monocolor, we have Guided by Nature, led by Freyalise and Titania. And then lastly, we have Plunder the Graves, which is the green-black deck from the previous Commander product. So, again, those are the four Commander decks featured in Commander Anthologies. And now, back to the show. Uh, Other announcements. Uh, One that made a lot of people interested is Modern Masters 2017 Edition is going to be released March 17th, 2017. So... Modern so, Masters is jumping in between Kaladesh Block and Amonkhet Block. Hey, hey, hey John, did, yeah. did you see the date? It, it's 317, Modern Masters 3, Modern Masters 2017. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Those sneaky devils got us. They certainly did. <laughs> giving us all this value. Jeez. 
I know, right? No, um, everyone was because the the big thing that came out when uh, the Pro Tour or not Pro Tour Grand Prix schedule was announced. We even talked about this. Is like we were trying to figure out, okay, where's the Modern Masters Grand Prix Grand, Grand Prix going to happen? And everyone's like, maybe it's in May. Nope, it's in March. <laughs> If, if there, is, there is one, if there even is one, because um, someone's like, "Oh, it might be this one," and I, I don't know who it was. It but was saw, trick. Oh, trick. Okay, yeah, it was trick. So, trick Jared on Twitter today said that no, the one that's coming out right after this is not Modern Master 2017. Yeah, it's uh, Aether Revolt Kaladesh sealed. Yeah, so we don't know if we're gonna get a Modern Master 2017 GP. I hope we do. It'd be great. I mean, Mod- John and I met at the Modern Master 2015 one. Like, yeah. we Modern Masters up- is sweet. It was one of those, like, I don't have a roommate. John's like, I, I got a room. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and we and didn't lo- kill each other. Look, I mean, yeah, actually went very well. Yes. I mean, fast forward to now, we have a podcast, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it went kind of well. Obviously. No, but Modern but, 2017 is going to be sweet because it adds in Innistrad blocks and Return to Ravnica blocks and it up to M14. So, Snapcaster Liliana, everybody. Snapcaster, Liliana, Voice of Resurgence, and Archangel Thune. Calling it now. Yeah, those all seem reasonable. Also, spoiler alert, those are all going to be in Mythic. Oh yeah, obviously. But those are already... Absurdly expensive cards in Modern, yes. Okay, not Snapcaster, but... Actually, no, Archangel Thune was rare. So yeah, they're all going to be Mythic. No, Archangel Archangel was a Mythic. Oh, was? Oh yeah. By the way, the very first booster pack I opened when I came back to the game was a it was a twenty four Magic twenty fourteen pack. Now this wasn't the first. Um, like I mentioned, my my homie Planeswalker is uh, wow, blanking on it. Wow, Ian, they can't really be that much of your homie if if you can't remember their name. Oh my gosh, it's the one from Theros. Elspeth, Ashiok, Zinigos. Ashiok. Oh there god, go. long day at work. I was I was mentally checked out at work like all day today. It's like packs, 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 packs on my mind. Yeah. No, so yeah. My first Planeswalker was Ashiok, but the very first Mythic Rare that I opened when I came back to the game after my, like, 12-plus years off was Archangel of Thune. So, yeah. It's like, um, yeah. The other, new, the, other new, the other new product that was announced is that in May, we're going to get a new dual deck, um, Mind versus Might, whatever that means. I'm assuming Jace and or some other Mind Mage and Garrick, calling it. Jason Garrick. I mean, I don't think they're actual Planeswalker decks, but you know, I know. We'll see. it's 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 just gonna be it's gonna be blue X versus green X. So blue white versus red green, the immortal fight. The not, the, the not cruel than die. The the Batman versus Joker of magic. I guess locked yeah. in eternal struggle. Exactly, but those were all the big announcements from the fall because Pax hasn't even started yet. We haven't even gotten any of the Kaladesh spoilers, which we know we're getting. We also we're also gonna find out what mechanic E is. That Mark Rosarder has tried to put into sets since Mirrodin. Yeah. Because um, they finally made it work somehow. We don't know what that's going to be. We know nothing remember, about Kaladesh, like, card-wise. There's no constructs and there's no riggers. That's all we know. <laughs> no contraptions. There's no contraptions. Contraptions, not, yeah. Contraptions. Yeah, no contraptions, no riggers. That's all we know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Jimmy Wong is going to be hosting the festivities, at least the opening and closing ceremonies of it. I'm going to try and get to the opening and closing ceremonies, but... I'm going to miss at least the uh, opening keynote to go to the opener for uh, Magic. Yeah, but all the fall announcements for um, the next, the middle, or like the Q1, Q2 of next year is going to be really, really sweet. I'm really looking forward to it. But before that, before we get to any of those, this weekend is the World Championships. Um, 
And real quickly, we're going to go through the entire World Championships field, which is not that bad because it's only 24 players. Um, Rich Hagen does an amazing um, preview article, which is also linked in the show notes below. This was published last week uh, about – Go read that one. Or this was published on Monday, excuse me, of all the players. It breaks everything down. We're going to do a little bit of it right now. Uh, but the players in the World Championships are Lucas Blohan, Pro Tour Eldritch Moon Champion, Brian Braun Duin, GP Master, Marcio Carvalho, Draft Master, Paulo Vitor Damodorosa, uh, Top Region Player, or Top Pro uh, Points yeah, in Latin America. In Latin America. Reed Duke, uh, Top Pro Points for yep. America? North, yeah. North America, yeah. Uh, Yoel Larson, who's uh, Top Pro oh. Points in Europe. Yep. Uh, Andrea Mangucci, who's a Top Pro Points player. Martin Muller. Mangucci was at large. Yeah, Mangucci's at large. Uh, Martin Muller is Top Pro Points Europe. Brad Nelson, just at large Top Pro Points. Niels Norlander, uh, Magic Online Championship champion. Sam Pardee, Top Pro Points. Steve Rubin, Pro Tour Shadows over Innistrad champion. Tiago Saperito, Top Pro Points Latin America. Luis Scott Vargas, Outstanding Hall of Famer. Uh, Mike Sigrist is uh, at large, I believe. Yeah, yeah he's, he's Top Pro Points at large. For, also got to say for for uh, LSV, he also took a top pro points North America slot. So these at-large people, we're going to take a brief pause. These at-large bids became because people above them in the standings took the pro points slots. So basically, LSV took a North America slot. We haven't mentioned the other two guys who took North America slots, but they opened up additional at-large bids. So Exactly. Uh, following up Mike Sigris, we have Andre Strasky, who's also a top pro points at-large. Uh, Kazuyuki Takamura, who's top pro points uh, Asia Pacific, I believe. No, he's a pro, he's a pro tour champion. Yeah, he run uh, battle. He won battle for Zendikar. Excuse me. Yeah, Takamura won BFC. Uh, Roichi Tamada, I believe, is top pro points Asia Pacific. Yes. Um, Jishin Tao, top or was pro tour oath of the Gatewatch champion. Oliver Tu, constructed master. Owen Turtenwald, mid season master. Yuya Watanabe is top pro points Asia Pacific, and yeah. Shota Yasuoka top pro points Asia Pacific. Side note about Owen Turtenwald, he literally took three slots. Yeah, so <laughs> Owen Turtenwald mid- not only mid- was the midseason master, he was also player of the year and top pro points North America. So Owen by himself opened up two slots That's for pretty, other players. It's, it's gross. Yeah, but and yeah, then also, LSV opened up a slot. Seth Manfield opened up a slot. Oh, did I forget Seth Manfield? No, I, I must have skipped him at some point. Yeah. Uh, but he's the reigning world championship, also top pro points North America. And then Lucas Bohan had a also top pro points Europe. Uh, so those are the five at-large bids that got in. Yep, which I think is going to be great. Um, those guys, even the at-large bids, it's, it's Pardy, Strasky, Mangucci, Nelson, and Sigris. Those are very good Magic players as well. Yeah. They didn't qualify for the quote-unquote actual slots but geez like mike sigris was last year's player of the year yeah last year's player of the year got in on an and then andrea kid. Mangucci was last year's world magic cup champion yeah, that's or how team ins- world magic team cup champion yeah that's how insane this field is like yeah, brad nelson is just absurd magic player in general so bard narson's always good yes we love you brad <laughs> um now the formats for the world championships are a little different than a normal event um, we talked about this previously, but we're going to go ahead and go through it again for the schedule. So the day you're listening to this on Thursday, I hope you're listening to this on Thursday, is day one is Eternal Masters Draft, followed by four rounds of standard. So that's seven rounds on day one. Now, day two is Friday, September 2nd. That is the day that PAX Act officially opens, and they have three rounds of Eldritch Moon Draft. You, then, by the way, it's it's not 
Eternal Masters at ZMN. Yes, you said Eldritch. You said Eternal Masters. Oh, I said Eternal Masters. I'm sorry, I meant Eldritch Moon. Yeah. Yeah. See, you all the draft formats are Eldritch Moon. Side note: John has it as the block EMN draft in there, and that's where the whole you know you can just make a thing. You have Eternal Masters and Eldritch Moon having very, 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 very similar uh, short titles. Yeah, EMA versus EMN is kind of yeah. Sorry, Eldritch Moon draft on on Friday. Then on Saturday, Thursday. we have Thursday is seven rounds draft yeah, no. and standard. Friday is three rounds of draft. Saturday is day three, and it's four rounds of modern. Yeah. yeah. After that is going to be the cut to the top four. It's a 24-man te- 24 event, so it's going to be cut to the top four instead of a cut to the top eight because that would be 33% of the field, and that's a little bit too big. Then day four is going to be at the top four going back to your standard decks. So, um, also interesting to note the if you're gonna if you want to watch this is all gonna be streamed live on Twitch. Twitch.tv/magic. Yeah, you're gonna have a really good team of casters there, and it's gonna be play by team. Play team is Marshall Sutcliffe joined by Tim Willoughby and Gabby Sparts. They're also gonna have with them Ian Duke and Matte Zadokai. Yeah, as the color commentators. Yes. So also Rich Hagen, BDM. On the news desk. Yep. Going to be great. Uh, so the schedule is wonky. Usually, you know, you're used to coming to these events and it's 9 a.m. Eastern. That's when it goes. But you got to keep in mind you're at PAX. So there are, ske- there are other events going on in that area. So they have to kind of schedule these days around it. So Thursday, your coverage starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern, 4 p.m. UTC. So that's uh, Greenwich Mean. So just like a normal day for watching a pro tour, seven rounds, you're gonna get you're gonna get up if you're at if you're in Seattle or in the Pacific Pacific Coast Pacific time zone, it's gonna be at nine a.m. and you're gonna watch then. Day two, it, it it switches up the script a little bit. It begins at two p.m. because remember I said pack starts Friday. The opening ceremonies for the magic portion of it take place at eleven a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So you also can tune in then and watch as they unveil the opening of the Inventor's Fair and Kaladesh and all that fun stuff. But coverage of the actual event starts at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. UTC. On Saturday, it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. UTC. And that's the four rounds of modern. Right. And then on Sunday for the top four, it starts at 10.45 a.m. Because I believe there's a panel going on in the morning. Uh, and 1.45 p.m., 5.45 p.m. UTC. So they kind of have to tweak the schedule. There's nothing going on Monday because that's going to be the wrap-up day. You know, it gives the people a little bit of day to actually go experience packs as well. But we're going to – we'll post the, uh, the schedule in the notes as well. But keep in mind that the schedule is going to be very different from your usual 9 a.m., 9 a.m., 9 a.m. schedule. That's also ignoring the fact that Magic is still going to be streaming a lot over the course of the weekend. They're going to be streaming – like a million different panels um, spoiling um, um, Kaladesh cards, talking about Kaladesh mechanics. Like they even have a panel where they're going to have pros breaking down the Kaladesh mechanics for standard. Oh yeah. Like That's the, sweet. The, the sheer amount of panels that are going on in packs this year are insane. And I will definitely be missing some of them because there's just literally too much for me to do at the rest of packs. 
Now, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can actually get in without a PAX badge. To uh, no, I think you need a PAX badge to get to actually get into the theater. You need a PAX badge. But if you want to go to the Inventor's the, Fair, which is outside, I don't think you need a PAX badge for that. Right. That's what I'm saying. So the so I'll be getting in, obviously, regardless, because I got the PAX badge. So I'll be getting in there. But if you if you are in the Seattle area and want to at least just go like see, check out the Inventor's Fair, please do. This should be a very, very, very cool thing that they're doing. Um, yeah, they flew in more, people from all over um, the U- from all over the world. Even yeah. uh, the yeah, U.S. Were, reps are MTA Command co- Command Zone, and then um, Sarkin Volkswagen, I believe, is his Tumblr handle. Yes. Yeah, um, and then they also flew in um, Straniac or Windmill Slam from uh, from from good uh, old Dennis from England. Ireland? No, he's from Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> I knew it was one of those two. Well, the funny thing about that is, like, initially when they posted who was coming, they uh, put the English flag next to his thing, oh, and he's no. like, um... Oh, no. I- I'm Irish? He's <laughs> like, oh That's a mistake. <laughs> oh But no, um, I am extremely excited to get to uh, finally meet Dennis. Uh, I have done... When I was in Afghanistan, actually, I Skyped in on a draft that we did. We went 3-0 in that draft, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, and he is a great guy, produces some amazing content. I know he's uh, doing a big vlog of it. It's his first time vlogging. We'll see how well that ends up. Yeah, he got sunk by a B already. <laughs> yeah, that um, was hilarious. But um, no, so he does, like he said, the Windmill Slam stuff. They actually do a quiz show called Wind Millionaire. So Wind Millionaire, like Windmill Slam. And yeah. it must be Millionaire kind of thing. Uh, actually, go tweet at them at uh, Dennis Straniak or at the Windmill Slam MTG Twitter accounts. Uh, real real and, quick, uh, uh, Straniak is at S-T-R-A-N-J-A-K. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so go tweet at them uh, if, some weird, odd questions that you might want to have them ask people. Um, I'm going to try and see if I can get in on that because he's excited to meet me too. So yeah. I'm sure at some point I will be meeting up with him and maybe being like, yo, ask me a question. Uh, and that's only the people from like the English speaking areas of the world. We've also got people coming from Brazil, from Japan. Uh, I can't remember the ex- the other places um, off the top of my head, but I know there's people coming from all over the world um, for the Inventors Fair, which is going to be really sweet. Yeah, they already have uh, a bunch of the community managers from all over are already in the area and yeah. already tweeting about it. Uh, I know they also said that they've got, you know, Christine Sprinkle has been tweeting about like practice and stuff like that. So that should be interesting. Yeah. Marshall sent out a tweet earlier, Marshall Sutcliffe, about re- um, rehearsals. Mar- Mark Rosewater tweeted about rehearsals. Jimmy Wong tweeted about rehearsals. So things are going down and things look sweet. Um, also, by the way, th- something that I didn't pick up on the first time is that the announcement day video was produced by Loading Ready Run. Huh. Yeah, Graham tweeted that out uh, earlier, saying, we helped on this. We so. made this. <laughs> Go bionic trousers. Yay, bionic trousers. So back to the... Uh, back to the worlds. Back to worlds. I know, we're gonna we're, we're interspersing back and forth because it's, you know, worlds and packs are... It's one kind of one of the same right now. I know next year, uh, worlds is not going to be at... Excuse me, it's not going to be at packs, so... So enjoy the there, time. but this is going to be a fun, fun little weekend. Um, before we get into our predictions for the top four, Ian... Let me put you yep. let, let's take a step back for a minute. Okay. Let's say that you and I qualified for worlds. What decks are you bringing? Ooh. All right, so remember we have draft standard and modern. So we only you, need to You really can't bring standard. a deck for Elder's Moon draft, but what would you want to what would you what would you dream of drafting? Uh, I honestly have not drafted Elder's Moon. 
Um, well, however, fine. I'll answer. However, <laughs> however, I have watched enough streams that the the blue green emerge deck seems utterly hilarious. But I anticipate other people will take that. White black seems like there's no synergies. Um, I don't know. When in doubt, burn them out. I guess go like some <laughs> weird red blue counter burn. Uh, like, red blue spells is actually a real deck. It is good. Yeah. Um, I always. The weird thing is about that deck, I always want an Epitaph Golem, and now you can only get them in one pack, and you're never getting them. Um, yeah. Personally, to, if I was going to... Still just hope to grab all those Thermal Alchemists you can find. Yes, every single Thermal Alchemist you can see. Um, now, for me, um, because I know it'll be an underdrafted deck, I'm just going to draft Red-White. Oh, yeah, the Red-White midrange deck and, is actually... And Boros really, them in the face. Oh, my God. Yeah, like what LSV took to uh, just demolish people, right? Yeah. Um, except I like the aggro version of the deck. Um, for example, I drafted a version of this or a version of this deck that top, that had one four drop. The four drop was Gisela, um, so that helped. Jeez, but how's it feel? How's it feel to be lucky? Yeah, you know, better lucky than good. <laughs> yeah, um, so, that's the right. deck that I would be angling to draft. Now, all right, standard. constructed. Yeah, um, not gonna lie, probably just gonna bent people in the face. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's still a deck, man. It is still a deck. It's like I have that, and I have time practicing with red, uh, with the actual thermo, thermo, thermo uh, alchemist deck. Yeah, thermo alchemist. Yeah, I'm saying thermo alchemist deck because some versions have actually straight up dropped thing in the ice. Yeah, they're playing more um, storm chaser mage. Yeah, I've considered dropping it too. I mean, it's a great tempo card if you can, because you're gonna flip it, and then like if you're against a bant deck, then they just literally have their entire hand in their like board in their hand. But I don't know. Um, I just like bant. Bant just still feels good to me in terms of a deck that's strong it if if the deck cooks off it cooks off and there's not a lot of strategies that can beat it yeah for me unless the opposing deck cooks off as well which in that case you're looking at a delirium deck that's going to beat it yeah for me even if i ever made the world championships i know that it would have been a sheer fluke and i'm definitely the worst player in the room so i'm going to play a deck that revolves me around no interaction so I'm just going to be playing Blue-Red Fevered Visions. Oh, yeah, so you're going to go with the Thermal Alchemist deck? Yeah, because it requires no interaction. Cover counter spells, but that's about it. Yeah, but literally no interaction is just, what's your life total? Is it zero yet? If not, keep playing. Yeah, um, have I drawn enough cards? Have I hit you? Have I untapped with Thermal Alchemist enough times this turn? Exactly. If, if not, rinse, repeat. Now, the interesting thing is going to be Modern, because I know... You know, we each have our pet decks. You know, I like Storm, and you like Infect. Would you still bring that to a twenty-four te- a twenty-four person event? I don't know. Okay. Reason being is got to look back at GPND, the results of Modern that just happened. Um, even because I'm I'm just basing off of the Europe one or the states one because we're gonna have the most representatives from the United States um, as opposed to the Asia-Pacific metagame or the European metagame, I'm tweaking it to us. So Breach has become a really, really nutso deck, um, popping up a lot. Bant Eldrazi has been a deck. Even though, in fact, does have a good matchup against Bant Eldrazi, we can just hit them faster than they can hit us, which is what it's looking to do. Dredge? Um, I don't know. I would just run Dredge, maybe, see how that goes. I would obviously need to put a lot of time in with it, which I don't. Um, Which, like, if you if you qualify for roles, you have been testing like a month ago at least. Oh yeah, obviously. So, so I wouldn't even. This, this is assuming you know you you actually spend the time to prepare. 
assuming the time for to prepare, that's right around the, the dawn of, the redawn, I guess you could say, of Dredge, which might be a thing. I mean, it, like you, you were saying, based off of like sk- player skill, like Dredge just just like you're, you're goldfishing your deck, basically. Yeah. Um, quite honestly, I would probably bring Infect or something else. Yeah. Um, so here's what, here, here are my thoughts. Okay. The popular decks right now in Modern, for varying degrees of popularity, are Banteldrazi, mm-hmm. Affinity, yep. Burn, yep. Infect is still fairly popular, yep. and Death's Shadow Aggro. Ugh. That deck is a pile of cards, let me oh tell my, you. Oh my god, I hate playing that deck. It, it's, a- it's an interesting little, interesting little amalgam of cards. Yeah. It's a deck that, I, that I've seen before prior to it being actually good, and it's actually good now. So, well, I don't even know what pushed it over the top, really. Like, it, it's been a deck that's just existed. It's just, like, it got nothing new. I don't know. I guess more people are playing it and realizing it's it's silly. Well, um, I, well, all right, so what it is is I've played against someone playing Suicide Zoo, their own little variant of Suicide Zoo, uh, Death Shadow Aggro, whatever you want to call it. Um, the proper terminology, according to things, is Death Shadow Aggro nowadays, uh, for want of better terms. But... Uh, the thing was, I saw this like last year being played and it was kind of a fringe deck. It could hit you out of nowhere. It was obvious. It was once, uh, the cards, uh, become immense and team or battle rage were printed in the cons block. Uh, so you had cons and then team or battle rage put the deck actually over the top from favor forge. So once favor forge came out, that's when you started seeing an uptick of this deck again, because it had that ability to just go bloop, bloop, uh, you're dead. Yeah, real quick, um, Death's Shadow is the namesake card of the deck. It's a single black mana for a 13-13. It's a horror. Um, uh, avatar. Av- oh, it's an avatar? My bad. Yep. Uh, it has a downside. It gets minus X, minus X, where X is your life total. So you play it on turn one, it dies immediately because it's a negative seven, negative seven. But... Um, as, as soon as you breach that thir- as soon as you breach 12 life, <laughs> it, you're, it, it becomes lives. a creature. Um, so, now, so what this deck does is it cycles... It has a has a bunch of cycler cards to actually quote unquote shrink the deck, so it uses Street Wraith, which is the black black three three four swamp walk creature that has cycling. So, for pay two life, so you pay two life, discard and draw a card. So you use it to cycle and, which is basically you discard draw. So you're paying two life there. Cool. It's got Cataxian Probe, Phyrexian Mut- Mana, Mutagenic Growth, life. Mutagenic Growth, pay two life. Also, Thought its mana seed. base is. All fetches and shocks. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at Aramis and Blood Crypt, Bloodstained Mire, Godless Shrine, Overgrown Tomb. You're basically playing everything but blue in this deck. It's four color, not blue. Um, you've got Mishra's Bauble, which is inexplicably a $30 card now. But it's a zero mana artifact. You tap, sacrifice Mishra's Bauble, look at the top card of target player's library, draw a card at the beginning of next turn's upkeep. You can look at your own library. You can look at your opponent's library. But either way, when you crack it, you're drawing an extra card, which helps fuel you getting uh, either your pump spell or something else to take you down in life. So if it's not a lightning bolt to interact with your opponent, it's a creature or it's a land that's going to hurt you or it's a spell that's going to hurt you. And yeah. it hits hyper fast. Uh, it has a two turn two win con. Yeah. Essentially, if you can cycle through enough cards, drop a turn one death shadow. Like and like I said, a lot of these things that hit you and cycle for cards and let you draw cards are all for quote unquote free in terms of mana cost. All you do is you're paying life, which you want to pay life. So it helps you out. Yeah. 
Um, so those are the popular decks, um, and I'm still of the still on the team that never lose to Blood Moon, always win with Blood Moon. So I feel like I want to play a red deck so I can play Blood Moons, but I also feel like I want to pay, play uh, Path to Exiles so I can just hose most of these decks because they don't really run basics. Nahiri Control? Um, I'm thinking a Nahiri Control deck, and I'm thinking Mardu Nahiri so I can get Hand Attack. Hmm. Um, I want to play white so that I have access to Rest in Peace, Stony Silence, and all the good white hate cards, and then I just want to be able to make people just miserable. You so, can play some Tassigers in there? Maybe. I mean, Tassigur isn't really good in that deck. You'd rather play oh, Gurmag right, Angler. Oh, right, yeah, because you, you can't activate his ability. Yeah, you'd rather right. play Gurmag Angler. But I, I was, even then, was, that deck doesn't usually play Gurmags. No, you're just looking to straight punch him in the face. Basically. a giant, giant Eldrazi. Exactly. You know, the, the so old-fashioned way. So you do something like that, you want to play like a Breach deck or anything of that? No, I think I, would, I, think I just want a bunch of hate cards. You know what's I, funny that I've noticed? Dropped off a lot. So remember back when Bloom was getting banned um, earlier in the year, everyone was talking about, oh my god, we need to ban through the breach or ban Gorio's Vengeance for Grishol brand or whatever. That deck has dropped off the map. It really has. I think, I'm not sure what caused it to drop off the map. Maybe Nihiri just making those people play different decks. I wonder exactly what the cause is. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know either, but that deck just disappeared out of nowhere. It was like one of the most popular decks in modern, and now it's, according to the MTG Goldfish metagame, which pulls from the recent tournament events and online tournament events and other posted daily decks, it's now a 0.68% of the metagame. It's under a percent. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Thing in the ice, Pyromancer Ascension has more of a metagame share right now, according to the according yeah. to their, their data poll. Like, it's like, Thing geez. in the ice Ascension's a weird deck. I don't think I would play it. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just going off the list. Yeah, yeah I know. It has seven decks registered. This only has five, and it's just like, man, really? Interesting. Jund is, Jund is too expensive. I want to play Jund. Jund is just... I mean, you could always just Jund him out. I mean, you could also Jund them in the face. It's also just, you know, a good deck. When Anyways. Jund him out. And when did that Jund them out? Anyways, let's talk top four predictions. Uh, because, you know, what's better to do when you're talking about an event like this and make than make predictions? Um... I'll I'll start with my who I am predicting in the top four. I had three people who I think are almost effectively locked for this top four. Owen Turtenwald, because he's the best player in the world right now. Um, not only just because he's player of the year, but also he's just been on a tear. Um, also, go follow, go look at his tweets from today, or from August 31st. They are amazing. Yeah, I, I actually messaged John one. It was, <laughs> so the tweet was, the most difficult part of my MTG champ preparation was deciding which champagne to drink and where to have the victory party. So humble. So hey, humble. He, hey, he's called shots before, man. This is like the big called shot. This, so yeah, this is definitely it. it. I mean, Owen would love a world title right now. Anyways, also on my list is Yuya Watanabe um, because, you know, he's also just a really good magic player. I think he's made the top four of almost every worlds that since we've had them. Yuya is insane. Yeah, Yuya is we'll insane. Never not, we'll never not be insane. Uh, also in my top four is Luis Scott Vargas. I guess he's having like the best year ever. He's having one of the best, yeah, one of the best years, arguably outside of Finkel, uh, Kai, Kai's Kai's insane year, like in two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand two thousand one, like his Kai's year when he just like just demolished everybody, but like three Pro Tour top eights, three in a row. In a yeah, that's like almost another Hall of Fame career like at Proto elder Moon during the top eight mate zadelkai was making an argument for lsv being the best magic player of all time 
Like because of this he's, run, he's in that. Like he's always like he's, he's always been top five. I would think, been, or at least top ten. And the funny part is, is like he's just as unassuming and goofy as ever. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, my fourth slot is the slot that I am the least um, confident on. But this is more so a a want pick as opposed to a I really actually th- I think that they're gonna be in there. I would love to see BBD make it. I would love to see Brian Brondewin make the top four, make a big run, and kind of I mean he's already planted a flag and saying he belongs by winning GP Master. But I think him making the top four would just solidify everything. It, it's kind of like what happened with Seth Manfield last year. Like yeah. everyone's like, okay, Seth's been putting up some decent results, decent results. And next thing you know, out of nowhere, he wins Worlds and then just goes on a tear. Like he only, only lost one to- match that entire Worlds, I believe. Yeah, and so I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I can. I mean, I fully like your top four. They're not well, bad predictions. Well, yeah. As I share two of your top four predictions as well, because like I was trying, I was trying so hard not to pick the same top four. Like obviously, like I said, BBD is like the quote unquote. To use the fancy football term, it's the flex spot. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the dark horse, I believe, of this whole top eight. Uh, top four. Mm, correct. Top four. Yeah. So anyway, my top four predictions were obviously Owen Turnwall for many of the same reasons you mentioned. Um, he has just been on an utter tear this year. He is playing. He he's got the combination you want when you're playing. He's got luck on his side, and he's making great plays. Like you you can you can make as good of plays as you can as the top of your deck allows. And Owen has been playing the top of his deck as a mate, as well as anybody has in the world this year. So, like, it's it's the whole thing. Like, once you know, all plans go to crap once you hit once you uh, first contact with the enemy, and once your opponent plays their first interactive spell with you, anything you have in your hand lined up is like, okay, I'm going to do this, do this, do this, curve out like this. Owen's been playing the best in the world, I think, this year, um, in terms of once first contact with the enemy has been made. Uh, LSV is also on my top four prediction list because, like mentioned with him, he's just been playing amazing magic. Um, three top eights in a row. You can't argue with that kind of thing. He's been on a tear ever since, like, ever since, like, he announced he was having Naya, his his kid. Like, he's just been playing out of his mind. And all the while going through learning how to become a father and producing a lot of magic content. And I'm personally pulling for him just because I enjoy all the content he produces and I just want to see him and Mouse. If we don't get to see him in the top four... He already joked around that he did bring his Sunday best. Yeah. So those that's so. where you agree with me. Where do you disagree? Um, I'm going with Young Guns on this one. Uh, Martin Mueller. I, he's captain of the Dane Blast, the, Dan, the Danish team. Uh, he's been putting up good results. Um, I wanted to pick – I kind of wanted to pick somebody I, – I was debating whether I wanted to pick someone from Europe or from Asia, and I went with the Europe slot on this one. Mainly, like, outside of Yuya, some of the guys are good, like... Um, Shota Yazooka is a recent Hall of Famer. Shota is... Yeah, Shota's amazing, but I just... I don't know. I think Mueller's kind of one of those, like, picks that she's going to, like, squeak by the first day, have a great day two and a great day three, and have just enough to make the top four. Like, Mueller... Mueller Martin Mueller deserves... Like, he may not get it this year. He's he's probably going to get a world championship during his career, I would I would wager. I can definitely see a pro, at least a pro tour win for yeah. sure at some point down the road. He's, he's just a solid player. Just so and good. Like I said, young guns, you can't get much younger than the rookie of the year, Oliver Chu. I mean, the Chu Tang clan, 
you know. Yeah. Two Tank Clan ain't nothing to mess with. No. But <laughs> I had to censor that one. Um, no, he won. He got like th- there is no rookie of the year slot. Yeah. He got there on his own merits. Like there's no rookie of the year slot, and he he, he got there for constructed master being the like, best constructed player at all the pro tours, and right. he's like rookie I, of the year. He got there on his own merits. Like I told John, um, I we, before the podcast started when he he saw me mention him, I was like, if he can survive draft, he won constructed master. I have no doubt in my mind that he will demolish standard and demolish modern. I could be very wrong on this, but I have a feeling like. He's he's had just a great read on metagames and plays constructed very well. So if he can get two, two one in his drafts, I think he set him, he's going to set himself up very well to make that top four. As a reminder, if I recall correctly, Oliver is testing with LSV. Yes, uh, I think that testing team is LSV, Sam Party, Oliver Two, and Mike Sigrist. Yeah. So I, you know, I I th- so my my top four are LSV, Turtenwald. Martin Mueller, Oliver Chiu. Very strong top four. There's, it's, it's one of those things, you look down this list and it's hard to, p- to think, who wouldn't I pick? Now, like I was like, I really want Reed to be in there. Like I could see Seth maybe going back to back. You know, Yo Larson's also really good. Steve Rubin's amazing. Like this is just a murderer's row, really. Yeah, like if you, like I said, we're, I know we said it, go read Rich's article because he talks like, he's like, oh, is my dream pro four? And he's like talking about like, okay, so if you sit this, so basically he's saying like, you can draft and you'll be at a draft table with like Oliver Chu, Niels Norlander, Brian Broad doing Jiao Chin Tao, yeah. Joel Larson, Tiago Saparito and Manguchi. Like you sit down to a table like that and then like you could go into Constructed and end up facing LSV, Steve Rubin, Brad Nelson and Mike Sigrist in your four rounds of that, or in your like it's just an absurd like like how do you survive for his, for his how, Friday how survive? for his Friday pod? It the draft pod is Owen Turtenwald, Yuya Watanabe, Luis Scott Vargas, Paulo Vitor Damodarosa, and Shoti Yasuoka, plus Seth Manfield and Marcio Carvalho. It's, it's like how do you survive that? You, you, it's one of those things. Is the first time like any player would sit down like I guess it's not a pro and be like. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I, I don't belong here. No, and that's why you'll. And that's why this field is so small. And because you get to see the best of the best of the best with honors. <laughs> yeah. With this, and it's going to make for some high-level, amazing magic. And I, I won't be watching the coverage from home. I will go back and rewatch this coverage. Like, I it, will rewatch this coverage because I'm actually going to be there watching. Yeah, there's going to be some great magic played. It's going to be amazing. And plus, just with the backdrop of Kaladesh as well and all the spoilers happening, this weekend is going to be magical in more ways than one. Oh, absolutely. So you guys are spoiled for choice this weekend for basically just fill your eye holes, ear holes, everything. Face, immerse yourself in magic this weekend. It's going to be, gonna be coming from Seattle. Oh, I'll yeah. be tweeting a lot about it. Yep. I'm, I'm sure that That's we're going to be getting a lot, of, a lot of info from you. Like, so- I fully plan like i tweeted the other day i bring five decks <laughs> with me <laughs> just in case i i fully don't expect to play legacy but i'm bringing I mean, a legacy deck anyway gotta be prepared for anything man yeah right i know people want to play edh so i bring my mono white commander deck i'm bringing my canadian highlander deck because there's going to be so many people from victoria and the canadian highlander scene there that are coming down and like hey let's get this together and i'm like i'm bringing my deck 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think a bunch of Watsi staff members are also being like, yes, yes, let's. Yeah, and they're like, does anybody have a deck I could borrow? And all the Canadians are like, yeah, we're bringing like two or three apiece, <laughs> so we'll have one to lend you guys. So there you go. that's going to be tons of fun. Um, I have my modern Infect deck just because, you know, why not? I have actually bringing my blue-red Thermo Alchemist burn deck instead of... Uh, instead of Bant? Instead of Bant Company. Yeah, you know. I just want to... Well, see, the thing is... Like I mentioned a while back, this is actually a deck that will mostly survive rotation. It's true. It's true. Um, it's losing the Painlands. Which are it's big. It's losing Fiery Impulse. Which is medium. And I think that's about it. Like off the, top of my, off the top of my head, like that's the deck. I'd that, have to look at the list again, but yeah, those are the big ones. I'm pointing it up real quick. So it's losing... Okay, some variants are playing Thunderbreak region, which I think is kind of weird, but... Yeah, Whatever. something big and splashy at the top end, like um, big like fl- playing um, Castigator out of the boards. Yeah, big flying beater. Um, so, dispel still legal. Uh, what's it? Negate still legal. Yep, negate was an oath. Yeah, there's nothing that's wow. This one's playing Reality Smasher on the sideboard. What? Yeah, there's ver- there's some weird versions. There's some weird takes on that deck. Yeah, now. so the Battlefield Forge um, and Shivan Reef, basically the Painlands are going out, and we're losing Fiery Impulse. That's it. So I've seen some decks playing the, uh, uh, what's the uncounterable one? The, the rare. Oh, Exquisite Firecraft. Yeah. I've seen some trying to play like one or two of those just in case they run up against a control, another, like the, the mirror so that doesn't, that their burn spell doesn't get countered. That's fair. But I, it's not losing a lot. That's and the true. odds, and odds are we're probably going to get something to replace those in this. If not, we just run more islands and mountains. That's, that's true. Anyways. That's going to do it for us. Ian, if people want to be caught up on all the PAX shenanigans, where can people find you? Oh, my gosh. You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You can also find me on Instagram. I might be Instagramming some stuff, and that's also DixonIJ. You will have to request – what's it called? Request to follow. Yeah, request to follow. Um, I have mine locked out for – privacy reasons on that one for some reason i might unlock it for this week i think i'm gonna unlock it this weekend um also you guys can find me on twitch uh when i stream whenever it is work work and life has been crazy lately so i haven't unfortunately had a good chance to stream so yeah but watch for that after packs um in the next coming weeks or so i'll definitely be streaming a bit more picking that, that back up once life settles down a little excellent. bit excellent you can find me on twitch.tv slash dicks, D-I-X. So, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. I'm also on Twitch by the same handle. Uh, recently, I've been playing a lot of Eternal Card Game, which I know we're going to be probably doing a topic of at some point down the line. Oh, that's where I want to stream. Yo, we should totally stream together. Yo, yo. Uh, if you are on Eternal, you can find you will find me as EOTM John. You oh, yeah, what, I'm you, also... You can, you can also figure out what EOTM is. I'm also on Eternal Card Game as Dixon and IJ. Lols. Like, like you do. <laughs> like you do. Branding, Ian. Branding. It's all Anyways, please leave us a review or send us your feedback in some form or fashion. We want to give you guys shout-outs at the top of the show if you leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.